0: Welcome to Who New. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights into the modern regeneration of the show. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash podcast. All our episodes are on hunupodcast.com. You can leave comments there or email us at hunupodcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram and Twitter account. Tweet at us at hunupodcast and find us on Facebook. Today's episode is episode three of season eight, Robot of Sherwood. The doctor learns firsthand that truth is sometimes stranger than fiction. This episode is written by Mark Gaddis. It is directed by Paul Murphy. It originally aired on the 6th of September, 2014, and was originally watched by 5.2 million viewers. Hi, this is Eugene. Let's introduce ourselves.
1: Ha ha ha! This is Auburn.
2: <laughs> this is Kelsey.
1: This is Josh.
3: This is Heather.
0: It's Clara's turn to choose a destination for the TARDIS, and she asks to meet the one and only Robin Hood. The Doctor tells her there's no such person, but the moment they arrive in 1190 AD Nottingham, the man himself appears. Wanting to steal the TARDIS, Robin engages with the Doctor in a duel, sword versus spoon. Though the Doctor wins, Robin knocks him into the water, much to his and Clara's amusement. He introduces Clara and the Doctor to the Merry Men, but the Doctor refuses to believe they're real.
3: So, I just want to open today's podcast by mentioning that we have been sort of dreading this episode for some time now. (laughs) um, Because I think all of us, most of us I'll say, did not enjoy this episode on the first watch. Or the second. (laughs) Okay, well, now I know where you stand, Eugene. <laughs> but um, I actually really had a lot of fun watching this for the second time. So, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So I'm just gonna start off there uh, from the very beginning. I thought I'm sorry, my cat is dealing <laughs> with that for a sec. From the very beginning, I really kind of enjoyed the banter, to borrow a phrase. Um, between Robin and the Doctor, and... it. The epi- oh, I, I mean, t-
0: to be fair, the episode does start off promising.
3: It, it Okay, I won't say it doesn't, like, you know, get a little weird eventually, yeah. but the first part is very cute. I love when um, Clara walks out of the TARDIS, and Robin Hood's response is, are there any more in there? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it feels very Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, so... And- started get, off really well for me this this time.
0: That's good. Uh, there's a point where the arrow strikes the TARDIS. We, this isn't the first time that's happened, but when uh, the doctor pulls it out of the uh, police box, you can see it repair itself. And I thought that was really neat because we hadn't seen that before. Mm-hmm.
4: Even really? though we we
0: kind of know it happens, we just hadn't seen it on screen.
4: I was wondering in that moment, just like how that was going to play out. And then the, ner- the movie nerd to me was just, was thinking like, well, how did they do that? Was it there to begin with? Did they erase the hole? Was there a <laughs> hole there to begin with? Like which one of Should I rewind <laughs> it and look at the arrow to see if there was even like a full arrow in his hand? And then, and then I was just like, shut up and watch the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Is it hard for you to just like relax and enjoy things?
4: Oh, I can relax. It's, I, I enjoy a show with things like that, uh, uh I I have two enjoyments it's like a parallel it's it's a parallel viewing I watch it as a movie but I also I can't look at it without my brain thinking of the five ways they could have done that
3: I'm like that with events working in events every time I go somewhere I'm like this line management is atrocious
4: (laughs) (laughs) this was one of my hated memories of the show but uh going into it you know when you watch any show or movie, whatever, a lot of it's based on your expectations. And the the, the Doctor Who has a history of doing historical figures really well. Thinking um, from um, Vincent Van Gogh to Rosa Parks. And I remember when I was watching this one originally, I expected, you know, Robin Hood and what we love about Robin Hood. And we didn't get what we love about Robin Hood. We got kind of a farcical look at it. The Doctor, which I didn't really catch, I guess, as as much the first time, was... This is ridiculous. He's saying it's ridiculous. Don't laugh like that. No one laughs like that. So he's, he's pointing out how ridiculous this is. Um, it kind of eased me into it. And then and then I just enjoyed it. Um, and then in the end, you know, bouncing off of what Eugene said to summarize, I don't think it went sour as much as it just went simple. Like, yes. the, it was like the premise was paper thin, and they just kind of like didn't add any icing to the cake. It was yeah. almost like, it's almost like matzah at the end. Like they didn't even give the dough time to rise. It was just like, oh yeah, gold the arrow here goes, boom, oh, it's over. But I think I think they traded story screen time for, for banter screen time. Like hmm. I know I'm jumping ahead, but when they're in, in jail, Mm-hmm. and they're yelling at each other. It was hysterical. Like I really, I almost felt like don't cut around, like just keep the camera there on them in one shot. And I want to see them go back and forth because I found it really funny. And on on repeated viewing, I'd rather see, I'd rather enjoy that than some complicated, well-executed plot.
3: I mean, That's- I was enjoying it because it was simple. Honestly, yeah. Eugene, when when you asked me to write the description on this one, I was like, yeah, there's no techno babble. There's no like complicated names. I was like, if if I'm gonna write something, this is the episode I want to write about because it's uh, it's and honestly, the simplicity of it is sort of one of the things on my it's it's one of the things on my pro list now, mm-hmm. um, which ha, which is longer than it was before. So. That's good. <laughs> it's Robin Hood. I just wanted freaking Robin Hood. You know, I wanted the the cheese and all that.
4: Nah, it it was it was fun.
3: I thought it was interesting that there was an, an Errol Flynn big ego
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> joke. A dirty um, joke reference.
3: <laughs> love a good dirty joke in Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> and then Clara says.
0: <sighs> Something like, I didn't need to know that?
3: No, I can't. I, I was thought... going on to another part that I thought was funny, oh. but I'm not sure if it's in this block, so I'll save it. Okay. Um, but it's amusing yeah. also when the doctor is trying to figure out if they're real. I mean,. <laughs> First of this isn't a real sandal. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: Like what does that even mean? And then of course poor Alice uh, if you were real, you would be dead in six months. I'm real I'm real. Bye. Bye. Bye.
4: <laughs> and the callback to that later was funny too.
3: It was. Um so I those little bits of comedy. I think what is this, the fourth episode with the twelfth doctor?
0: Mm, So technically four, because of his appearance. it. It is his third official episode.
3: Right. And I think that this episode, although I didn't enjoy it as a whole, I think it did a lot for me in starting to really like this Doctor. Yeah. As a character, can't speak for how I felt about the episode, but I thought, as a character, I was really starting to warm up to him because just because you're mean and grumpy doesn't mean you can't also still be funny. And I mm-hmm. think this episode really yeah. proved that.
4: And I think that's why we all had a hard time. Like everyone says, the beginning of of Capaldi's run is is rough and all that stuff. It's just it just wasn't Matt Smith, and we didn't we didn't know what was happening. And he's kind of like a funny straight man. Mm -hmm. in a way. (laughs) And then there was a shot of the Sheriff of Nottingham getting off the horse, where you saw his boots that had zippers up
3: the back. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I didn't Mm. see that.
4: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, they were nice boots, but... It's like, well, they cut away from that really quick.
0: So some some good stuff that I have about this episode is that the imagery of the TARDIS amongst the the greenery of the forest looks amazing. Like it makes that blue really pop. So they shot on a great location, and they, like we mentioned, they had great costuming for the period. Those are things that I love like about this uh, this episode. But too sunny
3: and too green for Nottingham. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's true.
3: Do you know anything about that
4: cave location? That was really cool.
0: Yeah, uh, that cave. It
4: was like caves and tree roots put together.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was um, in the national park, Brecon Beacons National Park. I wonder
4: and... if it's a heavy touristed area where people like have wedding photos and selfies and <laughs> that seems. Yeah.
3: Like Central Park?
1: Right.
3: You can always shut down a section.
1: As, as Kelsey can attest to, this was the episode where I kind of stopped my Capaldi watching, or at least started watching it very begrudgingly. Um, no, you,
2: you, you said done.
1: I just said I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I think the thing that was really confusing is we've seen the Doctor go to lots of different places and visit lots of historical figures, and I don't know what the pop culture, like, uh... Zeitgeist. But the pop culture, Zeitgeist is for England with Robin Hood. Like, I know the Americanized versions of it, like we said, with all the different movies. But is he not considered like a actual figure there? Or is he just, was he made uh, up by an author? I think, I think it's kind
3: of, that's true here, too. I
0: thought it was both. Like, it's part historical and part uh, legend. hmm Well, it started off as ballads, as opposed to like a, um, a piece of literature. Right. Mm. Yeah, the the first ballads came around the 15th century.
1: Okay.
4: Yeah, so if you think about it, mm. if someone's, you know, if someone's legend can be around for 2,000 years, then other people can be around for, uh, you know, and it's all... So to answer your question, I don't think it's ever been proven either way.
1: Mm. Okay. But I did think that uh, on the second or third watching, the intentional um, Easter eggs of... Modern pop culture Robin Hood, I think, are all there. Like uh, you said, with the Errol Flynn, him coming down the the tapestry, the ta- tapestry. with the knife, the spoon. I mean, that's got to be uh, Prince of Thieves reference, right? Like the Kevin Costner one. That's.
0: I mean, that's what I thought of. Like. Yeah. Why a spoon? Because it's yeah. dull, hurt
1: more. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting because I was in a parody play in high school of Robin Hood, and there was this, sp- and it was just a woman who wrote it, and there was a spoon fight in it. No. so like when i saw this episode i was like have they somehow read this like obscure high school robin hood parody version of this play <laughs> that i was in in high school that had a spoon fight
1: when was the kevin costner one that was the in, 90s was the 90s 92 94.
0: Yeah.
3: but does he actually fight with a spoon in that one
0: no no it's uh the the
1: sheriff
3: it's just a line right yeah yeah so we, uh, that's bizarre
1: i'll cut your heart out with a spoon he's like why, why, a, spoon? why a spoon
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
0: dull and hurt, my twit. <laughs> I think that's what he says. <laughs> it's
1: um Snape, right? The yeah, yeah. Alan Rickman plays know. a sheriff
0: of Nottingham. Peace be they definitely
1: him. modeled the outfits off of that movie.
0: Oh, for sure. I think it's funny that like they people passed like they uh, lauded. Prince of Thieves, because, like, number one, Kevin Costner doesn't have an English accent. But then the sheriff has, like, that has stayed sort of what the sheriff has looked like. It's it's kind of cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, well, he was just so fantastic. In it.
0: Yeah, he was great.
1: Um, I don't think it was this episode, but I have the same feeling where, like, it was like they were writing for Matt Smith. To deliver lines but it was peter capaldi delivering lines i think it was a later episode that just his scottish mouth couldn't make the words properly so yeah i'll have to remember okay. when we get there but yeah the writing you know a writer and an actor writers and actors like they develop off of each other as they go. And so you start to write because you know, oh, this actor can do this. But it felt like, at least at the beginning here, that they were still trying to to write things for Matt Smith's character Matt Smith's doctor instead of Peter Capaldi's doctor. Hopefully later they get better. I, I will admit yeah. I haven't watched a lot of his later seasons. Are you enjoying these more now? I am. Like I think today, um, or this one in particular, like I was able to enjoy it more only because I knew I hated it so much before. So the bar was so low. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I think they could have made that work that, um, I guess timey of the doctor's regeneration, because he keeps asking, is he a good man from uh, deep breath, his first episode. So maybe his solidification of this persona or incarnation, I think, it, it was affected by him, uh, Matt Smith saying that this regeneration is going to be a whopper or a doozy. So I, that could have been something that they could have followed and maybe justified why this Doctor is so kind of uneven and doesn't is delivering Matt Smith lines, but even though he's not Matt Smith or the 11th Doctor, because he keeps asking, am I a good man? That's sort of the through line for this Doctor yeah, from deep breath. So they could have done something with it. I just feel like they tried something, and they, they were like, eh, let's abandon that. But I think it could have been worthwhile if they had followed through.
1: Mm-hmm. Just now I'm realizing that the Robin Hood character in this is that character who has the deep darkness underneath of the the facade yeah. of, yep. of laughing. Yeah.
3: And I just want to say that while I can 1,000% picture Matt Smith saying all the bantering lines, you're absolutely right about that. Um, Am I still here? Yes. yes, we're here. Sorry, my cat keeps lying on my keyboard. <laughs> um, I, I can also, I also think they very much belong to Capaldi's character because the overlying theme of all his suspicions and bantering, well, there's a little bit of jealousy in there, but the overlying theme is bah humbug. This magical hero stuff isn't real, which fits Capaldi's doctor. So even though you're right, Matt Smith would totally do all that bantering and joking. But I think that he found his own way of making that work for him. So everyone's right, but I'm also right. (laughs) (laughs) They're all freaking right today.
4: You know, again, like take away your expectations and something about about it is mostly working.
3: Mostly dead. (laughs) Mostly.
0: (laughs) The other thing I wanted to point out here is that there's a, uh, a callback to a classic episode with the third Doctor, Carnival of Monsters, where the Doctor suggests to Clara that they're inside a miniscope. Oh and he's yeah. trying to. that went re- right over my head. Yeah, when he's trying to uh, explain his encounter with Robin Hood and the Merry Men.
3: I was in Clara's boat where I was just like, really?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Whatever, just keep saying things.
0: It was so long ago since I saw this episode, I,
4: I did not recall what the deal was, so I was watching it just as clueless as, you know, a a first-time viewer.
3: Just like in the classic tale, they attend Prince John's archery tournament to win a golden arrow, with Robin disguised as Tom the Tinker. Robin and the Doctor's egos continue to clash. They split each other's arrows until the Doctor gets mad enough to blow up the target with his sonic screwdriver. The sheriff orders Clara and the dysfunctional duo captured, apprehending the sonic screwdriver. He tosses the trio into the dungeon, but not before they discover his knights are not human men, but robots. Woo!
0: That piece with the uh, the robot's uh, helmet splitting, that looked pretty good to me. I like that a lot.
4: Yeah, I thought the effects, you know, except for the gold being poured. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even that wasn't too bad. Like most of the effects, they were simple enough, and I didn't really see anything that I felt looked wrong. Mm-hmm um we sort of glanced over it summary wise but the conversation between clara and the sheriff was great the we way they have that...
3: gotten there yet i don't think
4: oh, oh we haven't oh
0: sorry then oh you're
4: right
3: uh, <clears throat> no they're still in at the, the tournament touching.
0: no they sure.
4: yeah okay yeah i i have it playing on my phone so
0: um some, <laughs> <laughs> some uh, behind the scenes the way they did the uh the arrows like splitting the, those were practical they wired the arrow uh through a system of pulleys so that it would go into the one that's already in the bullseye okay. so i was like these look really good i wonder why and then watching the behind the scenes i'm like that's why it was done practically
1: so he did use like a homing device
0: he started yeah get the <laughs> going
1: through. what about
0: the location
4: <laughs> what about the location of the castle Was that a set or was that they- was a
0: location we've seen this location before that is a care philly castle in South Wales, it was used in *Vampires of Venice*, *Rebel Flesh*, *The Almost People*, *End of Time*, *Power Three, and *The Bells of Saint John*. Oh, and uh, *Nightmare Silver*. Hmm. But we spent a lot of time there in uh, *Rebel Flesh* and *The Almost People*.
3: Ah, uh, yes, that's the ones where they're like goo people in the vats or whatever. Yep.
0: Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, Half-baked okay. people, it's kind it's of. It's <laughs> all
3: coming back to me now. Uh,
0: commentary.
3: I we we were talking about the robot knights a little a few minutes ago and what I didn't get to say I thought it was really clever how their lasers were the shape of a cross a cross yeah Which now do you
4: think the conceit behind that was it did that to assimilate into the world or was it like that anyway in a, in a sci-fi coincidence
0: I think it did that to assimilate in the world because the castle like mm-hmm. uh, the ship is the rocket is disguising itself as a castle so to have that sort of aesthetic would not draw attention to itself right
1: they were kind of like Transformers where when they arrived it like scanned everything and created what it needed to create. Or it could have been more like the chameleon circuit where there it was go. originally intended to to blend into every and location it was at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked later uh the kind of predator style targeting, like you see the that cross on the the peasant yes. that gets killed by them. Um mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. I like that.
0: Yeah, the, the, that stuff was done well. I just wish that when, um, was it the doctor that cuts off the left arm of the one of the guards' knights? It kind of flopped like it had no weight to it, but it had all the circuitry so and chain mail. So if there was something that they could have done to put weight so it looks like it doesn't bounce when it hits the mm-hmm. crown, I think that would have helped sell that.
1: In, in that same scene, the gold arrow was also looked pretty lightweight for a solid gold arrow you know i mean that's just movie props what are you gonna do sure, but, yeah. Yeah.
4: um
3: again great banter yeah
4: they shot the, uh, they the shot of the arm hitting the ground is in slow motion maybe probably to, to mask what you're talking about UG. Yeah. yeah
3: well obviously didn't mask it well enough because here yeah. we are talking about it
4: and i will say though like the production uh value of this episode is great like oh for sure looked- no, even the, the silly robot faces like nothing looks fake. everything's great. the the costumes are fantastic. The,
0: you know it's, yeah the the inner face once you remove the helmet looks like it was cast out of metal. It looks great.
4: It all it's all but obviously the money went into production design.
1: Well, and this is the BBC's wheelhouse, right? Like yes. period pieces. I'm sure they yeah, had all these costumes around. Yeah. They had like all the bows and arrows. <laughs> yeah.
4: Don't British people just have a medieval outfit in their closet, <laughs> isn't it?
0: <that>, it's required.
1: <laughs>
4: we, all, we all have a cowboy outfit in our closet.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Heather, you were saying the banter. I'm sorry, go ahead. In the dungeon.
3: Yeah, so when the three of them are in the dungeon together, <laughs> I mean, I I laughed every, it was really funny. And I kept thinking to myself, like, you know, I know that my goal is not to have this be a male heavy show, you know, but I really think the dynamic of the young, handsome Robin Hood and the old, you know, crotchety, jealous doctor is so fun. And I would love to have that be like a full-time companion. It's almost like, it's like a buddy cop situation. And um, the more I listened to them try to one up each other, I was like, "Oh man, maybe this could be in our future." I don't know. I I really liked it. We haven't really had. I mean, we've had a a male female, but it's a little different because you can't barb each other quite so hard. Um, But just two dudes, like I find it very amazing. I, I wish there could be a companion like that. All
4: of the modern male companions have been, you know, weaker of a personality than the Doctor, they grow to be stronger, like Rory and, and Mickey, but they're never, you know, they're never like chest bumping, or, or but, that's that's the wrong term. They're but
3: n- I know what you mean. I think everyone knows what you mean. Yeah. Like pissing contest. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on here. <laughs>
2: that's,
3: <laughs> not- that's essentially what it is. And then to, ta- you know, to round it all out, you have Clara, the voice of reason, who yeah. is determined to be the ringleader because she's the only one who makes any sense out of the two of them mm-hmm. and scolds them. And yeah. I thought it was a really fun dynamic, the, the three of them. And I loved how Clara was not really on the side of either. She was on both of their sides. Yeah. Um, and she was on neither of their sides.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> um, and then she
4: was the one to get get the story out of the bad guy.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, which which will happen shortly because she is the ringleader. That gets removed, yes. I think
1: um, the the Robin Hood character especially reminds me a lot of Chris Hemsworth's take on Thor, but not like the first movies, what he's come into. And I I wonder if... Like, I doubt that they went to this or, or got any inspiration from this, but maybe it does say something to the, the pop culture changing a little bit, where um, that brigado that's like has less underneath of it like you know it's there just to be there like just to mask the pain i don't know if that's an older uh story trope but that's definitely something that i was feeling watching this time that robin had more of that comedic sense to it um and so maybe i wasn't ready for that back in 2014 but um i was really feeling that this time watching
3: Mm. It's interesting that you might not have been ready for that in 2014.
1: Maybe I don't know. It's I was possible. probably just pissed off at Peter Capaldi.
3: Like, <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah. You're on that Smith. Yeah.
0: To a devil's advocate, this Heather. Um the go on I, I was uh, I was okay watching it but then when you watch it again and it hits you a different way when you watch it a second time or a third time. What I don't like about uh, Clara being the ringleader is that it removes and it takes away from the doctor being the smartest person in the room. And again, they could have explained it like I'm still regenerating. I don't have all my faculties together, or something like that. It just feels like that Moffat has such a crush on Clara, and he wants to make her the main character. Where I'm like, this is the Doctor Who show. The Doctor is the main character. So if I just wish there was something that made it sort of justifiable that the Doctor was so taken down by um, like this uh, this ego ego building or what do you call it ego comparing i'll use co- politically correct terms <laughs> this uh ego comparison with robin hood that there was just something that could have i don't know put it in there and that's the only thing that i could think of is that his regeneration is still not settled but it turned it you know it turned that into a bit of a plot point in this episode yeah but i when we get there i felt like it could have been beefed up more oh yeah I don't know. And I I also think that Clara has changed her origin even though we've been with her for half a season at least, I think. And two uh, Christmas specials. We still don't really know who this version of Clara is. We kind of get the hints that she is a school teacher and educator, but um, you have all that stuff in in the back of your head when you watch it the first time. Is she the governess from the Victorian era? Is she the girl in the Dalek with the souffles? And so I don't think she's earned the right to be that main character yet, like you would with Rose by the end of her run. Or if you take the same amount of episodes that Rose, Donna, and Martha were in, they kind of earned that right to now take the lead character role, and the Doctor can sort of take a back seat. So this to be the third episode with a new Doctor, uh, I think that's why it doesn't feel right to me.
3: Well, when we first met Oswald... Mm-hmm. In the Dalek, is that her name? Yeah, I mean, she was really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: but then you have to think that that this is not the same person.
3: She was pretty smart, or she was at least clever as the governess too. I don't know. I feel like I've seen her be clever and smart enough times, but maybe I'm only thinking of that because I've seen all the episodes after. Yeah,
0: yeah. Be- because you're also. You're also thinking of the actress. This is a different Clara than those two that you mentioned.
3: Yes, but you said you just said yourself, it's always in the back of your mind. It is that we but, don't actually know that at that at this point.
0: Yeah, and we so don't know
3: the truth. Of her. So. and that's
0: why I've been able to ruminate on like why doesn't this hit for me over this past week after watching and preparing for this podcast.
4: I can't I can't perfectly recall what after she jumps into the time stream how she resets, so I I can't really. He saves her and then she she becomes a new person. Like, we don't have to talk about it right now. I I just can't recall.
0: Yeah. And I I don't blame that on Clara or Jenna. Kind of blame that on Moffat.
3: Blame it on Steven (laughs) Moffat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's not a competition about who can die slower.
1: (laughs) It'd be me though, wouldn't it? Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Totally be me. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have to say about that.
0: In Nottingham, robot knights collect all the gold they can find. Any peasant who can't provide is captured for manual labor, helping melt down gold to create what looks like large circuit boards. Back in the dungeon, Robin and the doctor bicker like children. When they're scolded by an unimpressed Clara, the spying guard determines her to be the ringleader and takes her to the Sheriff of Nottingham. Clara uses her feminine wiles and cleverness to trick him into telling his story he witnessed the crash of a skyship and is helping repair the ship's circuits so he can use it to take over the kingdom.
3: So I guess we got a little bit ahead, but now, Josh, you you liked the discussion they had.
4: Yeah, I just like how in control she was, and I like how dangerous he felt, but she didn't really get shaken by it. Well, she 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 did get shaken to a, to a realistic degree, but how she was able to deal with it, and it just... I actually like what Eugene's sort of not liking—the fact that she is a substantial person in in the room with the villain—and I I liked the way the conversation went. And then she she basically explains what she did at the end, like the way to get some
0: something out of someone is to make them think that you know just as much. Yeah, um, and I'd like to clarify that I do like what's going on. I just wish it wasn't the third episode of a season.
4: Yeah, no, I get you. I, I, <laughs> again,
0: like I can't. I'm gonna have to find out. What, what
4: refresh my memory as to what happens in that episode where she jumps into the time stream to actually have that discussion with you we'll do, we'll do a bonus episode on it <laughs> um, but um, oh and what else I, I like too I thought the actor who played him was great So mm-hmm.
0: I felt yeah. like
4: he really he really grounded the episode the Robin Hood actor was good too but it was more of an outla- a cartoonish role um, the sheriff character could have been very cartoonish but I felt like he really grounded it
3: I think one of the problems I probably had with this episode back in 2014 was just how much of a side story the actual sci-fi element was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It felt Um, shoehorned in.
3: It did, but I think I mentioned it earlier in this recording that I have now decided that since I like the Robin Hood parts better, that I just don't care. (laughs) and shoehorn away, because any excuse to go to Nottingham and hang out with these people. um, I've decided I'm into it, so.
1: (laughs) I guess that is a difficult um, exercise to try to say, how do we fit science fiction into the story of Robin Hood? And the the whole gold for circuit boards that power a spaceship. For us, who have like probably more understanding of, of circuit boards and electricity and things like it, It's weak, right? Like it's so weak. Like what? There's yeah. Your gold has powered this up to eighty percent, but that's not enough to get like.
0: I was expecting like engine help instead of circuit board help.
4: (laughs) But isn't isn't gold a very good
1: conductor that they actually use in circuitry? It is. But how is it? It's more like it's fuel instead of, I don't know. Especially
0: with the ending, it feels like gold is fuel instead of circuit boards.
4: Yeah, I just gave up. I was just like, oh, the aliens need gold, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're making a circuit board and gold is a good conductor. Oh, that's interesting. Josh,
3: I did the same thing. And honestly, when I look back on, uh, I think I was on the episode Dinosaurs in a Spaceship. And my thought with that episode was, why is there all this, like, techno spaceship science stuff i came here for dinosaurs you know (laughs) and so now that we're in an episode that has mostly robin hood and just a little bit of tech it's i shouldn't be complaining i've decided because (laughs) i came here for robin hood so you know what i don't care i i wish there was more dinosaurs i wish you know but there wasn't so that's where that's where i've landed on this
4: issue there's plenty of robin hood (laughs) in this one which is
3: good because that's the part i really want to see i mean the other stuff is just to move the plot along i guess
0: (laughs) i think for me what's lacking with robin hood is that he's not robbing from the rich and giving to the poor but you have all the other stuff it's like it's as if uh, you have superman and he's not flying but you have all these other super feats it's like he needs to rob from the rich
3: Well, I mean, he would have done those things, New Gene, but there's an episode runtime, okay?
0: <laughs> oh, I, I get it, and I, I and I I'm know why you. <laughs> and I know why you put in the the tournament because that's very much in the Robin Hood lore. Yeah, but, but that
4: is a good point, like because that is the essential see? definition of Robin Hood. Yeah
0: so yeah if you had superman show up and he doesn't fly he's not superman to me <laughs>
3: but that was the whole opening sequence to me any property is theft and hey, he says that while he tries to kill he the TARDIS.
4: but he doesn't give it he doesn't you don't see him give it to anyone that's the only and again guy.
0: it's it's uh he's the, i don't know what the problem is with this particular run but everything is told to us he says he's gonna steal the TARDIS he doesn't actually steal it see
3: Well, how the heck is he gonna steal it come on you
0: guys I'm just saying (laughs) we see the merry men
2: we see the merry men with the gold arrow and they make a they make mention of like when we melt this down it's going to feed yeah but
0: but again they did it not Robin see it's
2: just (laughs) just Robin
3: was being trapped dungeon, Eugene. Listen, do we need to <laughs>
0: take this outside? <laughs> I just know for me personally, that's what I want to see. At least, like, some little thing. hmm <laughs> But uh, back to the dungeon, where now it's just the Doctor and uh, Robin Hood. Again, that stuff is great. It's funny. I like seeing the... the it's like we, we mentioned before, like, we like seeing the Doctor kind of turned on his head, where he's not able to do something. I don't know. And they shot that in in the real castle. So it was like, no wonder it looks so good. That's like a real stone wall room. Wow.
1: I think what's what is good about this episode is that the doctor is wrong from the beginning, right? Like he says Robin Hood doesn't exist. This is all a fairy tale. Um, And then he gets there and is confronted with a real Robin. Still doesn't believe it. Like does all the things to try to prove that they're not real. And so that competition between him and Robin is real and makes uh, makes for good story and good interactions because we're, we're always kind of, as the audience, we don't know if this is really going to turn out to be a real person or something's going to flip at the end where, oh, he was a robot all along or something. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I they didn't
2: do
1: that.
4: Yeah. The only real stakes that were given and I'm not saying this is bad, it's just we're basically told the plot of this episode is, oh, is this the real Robin Hood? And that's all we're given for the first
0: half of the episode. Um, yeah, well, there's also not any clues that says this might not be the Robin of Robin Hood's uh, lore, or it might be a right. robot. It's it's only the doctor telling us things that are almost confirming that they're real, but he just doesn't believe them.
2: <laughs> right. So it's yeah. like
0: we needed that extra ingredient to put that doubt in our minds. Yeah. So the, the the doctor and Robin are in the dungeon, and then there's that window that's across, and so that's in a real castle. So they had to like lift lights so that they could light uh, through that window to make it um, shine like that. And I thought, oh well, that's that's very effective.
4: Well, I mean, they have lights up on cranes for production anyway, especially for night shoots and stuff. So,
0: but yeah, I mean, it looked great. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying that that's not a set. That's what I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked great.
3: I'm sure they're careful when they're bringing cranes around 1,000-year, multi-thousand-year-old oh, yeah. castles. Yeah. Um, just to point out the one line where they kick the keys down the shaft, and he says, well, there, there is a bright side. Clara didn't see that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I like how it makes all the noises, and at the very end, it's boop.
1: <laughs> there's great writing throughout. I mean, there's, there's good one-liners, I think, yeah. especially from Robin. It's just the whole
3: I mean, it really saved the episode for me. So kudos yeah. to the writers Yeah, and, of once course, to you know, the actors.
4: But. Once you know what you're watching, it's very enjoyable. Mm-hmm.
3: Maybe that's what it is.
4: I, I think it is. I think it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, based on our expectations. Mm-hmm. Well, I
0: mean, I, I'm also able to look at the good in it now instead of just being like, first time I watched, it, I was like, I didn't like this at all. Now it's your expectations are tempered.
4: And now that we're a little further in, I will say we talked about some of the action that but, he shoves the knife in the uh, tapestry and slides down it like that's it doesn't feel like an action shot it feels like they're on stage and all right put your knife in the tapestry now and he does it and it's time to do this so uh i also feel that there's some great comedy in this episode and and what happens with a lot of productions is they shoot all these different angles so they have the footage that they have to justify using and they they cut from this actor to that actor and back and forth and back and forth and it's actually hurts the comedy and there was many stuff shots in the beginning when he's rolling his eyes at the merry men that if you just stayed on him and be, because you cut away from what the joke is about you all of a sudden you're distracted and you're taken away from the subject so comed- it wasn't edited well for comedy and it wasn't photographed well for action it was just sort of middle ground like this is how you shoot a tv show it was sort of fighting the the positive elements that were there
1: yeah
0: um anyway that's my film critique well what, what your what you just uh, said made me think of what if we had made the Ro- robin hood and the merry men look a little bit more historically accurate like they would have been like more dirty like his teeth wouldn't have been so pearly white
4: well, that's like, why, I mean, they were, that's, that was part of the joke. He
0: even makes a joke about that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying like, let's say we did what like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves did and like kind of grimied them up. And then so when they're laughing, the doctor's like, you shouldn't be laughing. Those are horrible teeth. Or it would have played into that. Like, why are you marry men? You're gonna die in a couple months. <laughs> right.
3: Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Robin and the Doctor finally escape the dungeon and enter a futuristic-looking room. The Doctor learns the castle itself is a spaceship in disguise and that the engines are leaking radiation, creating a temporary climate that is too sunny and too green for Nottingham. The Doctor believes Robin is also part of this climate since the ship's databanks contain the myth of Robin Hood. Suddenly, the Sheriff of Nottingham busts in with a robot knight and Clara. Robin grabs her and they jump to safety, seen by the Doctor but unnoticed by the Sheriff. The doctor warns the sheriff there isn't enough gold and the ship will blow up half of England if they try to take off. An angered sheriff chains him up with the captured peasants.
0: So there's there's a cool Easter egg here when they're going through the different iterations in the computer of Robin Hood. There's a uh, black and white one with the Robin Hood shooting right at the camera. That's the second doctor, Patrick Troughton.
3: Oh, he played oh. Robin Hood?
0: He played Robin Hood in 1953.
3: I feel like that's like a rite of, right of passage if you're a British actor. You have to like do Shakespeare, play Robin Hood, you know, all those. Is that
4: photo from a movie or a, a play?
0: Uh, it's a movie. Neato. Um it's, it's weird. The doctor gets captured again. I'm like, maybe once.
3: Well, the but... first time he wanted to, he said that's how you yeah. get your information.
0: I, I wish he would have done that for this one as well, but it felt... Uh... Well, because he does get information later, I won't go into that now, so I just wish that... This doctor tends to do things like that, like with deep breath that we mentioned. Mm -hmm. When he leaves Clara, he meant to do that. So I wish that they would sort of, I don't know what I I want. (laughs) I just want
3: something
2: different. Do you
3: think he let himself be captured to give Robin and Clara more time to escape? Because he saw out the window that they were doing just that.
0: Yes, but again, we are putting that onto it. There's nothing that kind of says that. I wish that he would have said something like that. Like, my plan worked to get captured. I'm getting information, and it also gives them time to escape. I don't know. But if
3: he'd said it, it it might have led on to the sheriff that they weren't dead.
0: Oh, but But... I'm sorry. I'm talking about at the very end, when, when everything's all good. Like... I'm glad my plan worked out. And then Claire's like, well, your plan didn't work out. You got captured twice. He goes, I meant um, to do that. And then I meant to do that. That's, this is why I did that. And then the second time is why I did that to get you and Robin. Like, that's what I mean. Sorry. <laughs> I should have said at the very end.
3: <laughs> gotcha. I have no explanation for
0: that. That's okay.
1: It's here that we also get our, the promised land reference. Is, yes. Uh, and but here is that to the name of the ship? Or is it just I, like your
2: destination?
3: I, yeah.
0: For me, it's like, hey, remember the promised land here it is <laughs> yeah
3: it it felt well It was a little bad wolfie
0: yeah it was i don't i don't even recall uh, uh, exactly so d- you know about deep breath like at the end the half-faced man the promised land with uh yeah. so then this one the computer is like the destination of this spaceship in nottingham is the promised land oh i didn't catch that yeah exactly you don't catch it mm-hmm. I didn't catch it's it so weird much. it's it's like very on the nose but you also don't catch it it's so weird
4: Yeah, and then I hadn't, you know, I didn't watch that last episode you just mentioning three weeks ago. Yeah. It wasn't even fresh in my mind. And it's not a very obvious um, uh, motif like Bad Wolf or the crack because it's whack.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also in this scene, Kelsey and I both had a problem with the sheriff and the robots blowing up the door to their bridge or whatever it was like it's their ship Yeah, yes. the door wasn't locked they could just walk in <laughs> but it was more dramatic
0: yeah, they're in one of our rooms well, how should we get in there blow up the door <laughs> and then they're like well that's just customary in our culture
5: <laughs> but
3: maybe the, maybe the doctor sealed it with the Okay, with I know. I mean, Sonic screwdriver. <laughs> have? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. See, there could have been a simple thing where he goes to the console. Let me uh, deadbolt this door. But then, it, <laughs> yeah. whatever. it's just like so many missed opportunities here.
4: <laughs> and isn't that the same ship that takes off with no problem 10
0: minutes later? Yeah. It, Maybe what about this blown up door through. that we have? And <laughs> <laughs> we need it having? to be airtight <laughs> for the cabin pressure? And hey, we're robots. Well, we're all robots. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to breathe. i I do not remember this at all like them going into this room where all of a sudden medieval sets become sci-fi sets like i did not remember that at all from before from when i first watched it so it's like what sticks about the sticks out about this episode is all the robin hood stuff it's not what's real. like yeah. why are they there why is this wrong why does the doctor need to fix this
4: the, the plot is obviously a veiled stage for robin hood yeah
3: so yeah. is it so impossible that they could actually just go back in time and like nothing supernatural or space happens like could they actually just have an, a normal a adventure? Real or, old I timey think... adventure like <laughs> I that think used to is... make me upset about this show and now i've just kind of accepted it but like would it be so hard
0: I'll point out uh, Shakespeare Code with Martha and the Tenth Doctor, where the supernatural alien aspect is actually explaining how Shakespeare got inspired to write some of his plays. I think that's why that works for me 100%, where Robot of Sherwood works like 50% or 60%. I'll say 60% because some stuff does work.
3: Yeah. Do you, I mean, I don't think you necessarily need more than that if they're in an interesting setting. Like, what if they really did go back to the time of the dinosaurs? You don't need aliens to make that cool.
2: And I don't you know. know
3: I just thought maybe for once they might do that. But.
4: <laughs> and it is interesting. Other There's never really any story where you have, in modern time, many time travel stories where, oh no, we screwed up the timeline. How do we get it back on track?
0: Well, we have a Father's Day with the Ninth Doctor. That's true. Like, that's like one of
4: the only times they've they've really dealt that then they came up with an interesting but cockamamie rule of points in
0: time but you know we can screw up other things so heather that goes back to what your original request was is that they go back to just see time but then rose screws it up which then introduces the reavers that sort of have to correct time yeah that's what happens heather
3: but what if they just get chased by a dinosaur Mm -hmm. that's all i'm asking Jurassic Park with the doctor, okay?
0: <laughs> well, we, we kind of lost that shot. <laughs> yeah. I, I
1: okay. think it works best when, like, something like this would have worked better if the, sci- the extra science fiction element completes the Robin Hood story somehow. Yes. Like, yeah. a way that we all yeah. assumed it was like that because it was historical, but yeah. the science fiction element is what caused it to unfold a certain way where this is just random and then robin hood knows all about gallifrey and time lords and it's like just don't tell anybody okay like
0: like i I was sort of gonna save this to the end but you're bringing it up now i would have liked it if this is how the sheriff of nottingham got into power Mm. like why is he such a he's like a general where it should be prince john but we don't even see prince john in this episode and so well, he's like not that,
4: usually uh a big character in the books he, he prince john kind of
0: comes in well oh, that's that's king richard um I, i'm just saying that the sheriff yeah. reports to prince john yeah so well, why the, is there no prince john here and it could have been explained that the sheriff took these robot knights and imprisoned prince john like and then the doctor's like there's no prince john well that's that's when his he wanted it to it depose it, him yeah but it it then that's it, like it's so the, the doctor would have been like oh this isn't supposed to happen Right now, this is happening too early. Well, except, you know. except that,
2: but yes, but yeah. But instead, they made the plot that the doctor doesn't believe that Robin Hood ever existed.
4: But um, it, there's movies and story and incarnations of Robin Hood, such as the, the Kevin Costner Prince of Thieves, where the Prince John character was combined with the Sheriff of Nottingham. Um, so they, they, so it started to become that as well. Like we can't have two bad guys; to yeah. just make them one bad guy.
3: Hmm, I guess I haven't seen the Kevin Kaufner one in a hot minute.
0: I still enjoy it. I mean, it's an American version of that myth, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh,
4: it's very of, of the time. Yes, that is for sure.
0: At the labor camp, the doctor conspires with a peasant girl to cause a riot, using plates of gold as shields. They destroy the robot knights. Clara and Robin arrive to rescue them and a swashbuckling sword fight ensues. In the end, the sheriff is no match for Robin who knocks him into a vat of molten gold. The castle quickly transforms into a spaceship and launches, but it stalls before it can break the atmosphere. The doctor theorizes the gold arrow from the archery competition will give the ship the boost it needs to reach orbit before detonating. With Robin injured, he, the doctor, and Clara work as a team to shoot the arrow. It's a bullseye, boosting the ship away from the earth.
3: So there are two pretty dark deaths for this highly comedic episode. The first one um, was the peasant. We don't actually see the peasant get um, vaporized or turned to ash.
0: But it's gruesome.
3: But it's still really gruesome. And the unknown peasant girl... At the time
5: mm-hmm.
3: um is right there it happens like in her arms practically and then we get this death where robin kicks the sheriff into this vat of molten lava
4: molten gold
3: Mol- oh sorry <laughs> it's like it's molten gold which is like worse and then you see like the hand like uh, like coming out of it
4: but I thought it was very clever that it, the way he bumped him in there was the way the doctor bumped Robin into the river. Yep.
3: Yes, I, I noted that too, how it was for... Sh- well, actually, it was Robin who dumped the doctor into the river.
4: No.
0: The originally, time. Th- yeah. But originally, the
4: first time. he sat there like this, like, why don't you stab me? And then he did like a little fake-out thing and, and hit him with his butt and d- dumped Robin into the river. And then Robin came up from the river and pulled him in, pushed him in.
3: So, yeah, the foreshadow, definitely. Yeah. But,
0: um but but some uh
3: yikes for Doctor Stoker Who. Or some
0: Yeah, but some behind the scenes, originally the sheriff was going to be a robot and Robin was going to behead him.
3: Okay, but, but he would have been a robot.
2: I was wondering why the sheriff had that line about I'm the next age a man, half man, half machine
0: so that was they had they kept that in because they changed it later uh like later in production because of um the beheadings that was going on with the islamic state uh, oh. and so so they're like we can't have that in our endings so we ha- that was one of those surviving lines from that original ending that they couldn't uh i guess do pickups on
5: hmm.
3: i guess i didn't i guess i just kind of was like oh because he's gonna start the new humanity with these robots so i guess i, guess yeah. I like, skimmed over I, it in my head.
4: I remember hearing that and then you know, forgetting about it, but I remember hearing that thinking like, oh, so he is going to be a robot. Then I just forgot about it, but I did like how he killed them using the doctor's move. Like I felt yeah. like,
0: like, like, oh, now they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there should have been more of that where the doctor is sort of influencing the myth of Robin Hood. That's right. what I felt was missing for my own tastes. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. It's like This is a weird episode. I ended up liking it a lot more because how simple it was. But now that we're analyzing it, it was so simple. Wouldn't have taken much to beef it up a little.
0: Yeah.
3: It wouldn't. Minimal effort here.
0: Yeah. And that's why these things that I'm bringing up, I think, were one or two lines would have worked for me. And then the the one that I I was also um, bouncing back and forth in my head was when the ship goes up and then he's like, we can destroy it. It's kind of like that old trope of like the the bad guy is getting away. How do we stop him? We, oh, we overcharge the engine or the warp drive. And then so this ship then blows up. It's sort of what they're doing here. But then this would have been a great line for the doctor to be like, am I a good man? Helping the ship to blow up is like, am I a good man in destroying these people from just getting to their destination?
4: because he didn't he didn't aid it in blowing it up he just aided it he actually aided it some lasting
0: else. longer but
3: That's- I think Eugene's saying it was never even a thought in his mind that he yes. might somehow get these people out of an exploding ship right he yeah, so just the- said well it's gonna blow up so kind of like when in an Which episode is it where he sacrifices that dude because Uh, uh, dinosaurs? No, into
0: the Dalek. Into the Dalek, yeah.
3: He's like, well, he was gonna die anyway, and it Mm. never—he never even takes a beat to consider how he could maybe save that guy. Just
0: so it's like that was a good opportunity to kind of like shoehorn that in. Like you're shoehorning a lot of stuff. Why not shoehorn that in?
4: I I agree with you, but I I think if they did what you're talking about, it would've been better. But I also feel like that's not so much of a. A, a conflict here because these just seemed like yeah. getting mad at trying to destroy water because it rained. Like just, it and I,
0: yeah, and I get that, and, and I, I'm trying to shoehorn things that would make this episode better for me because when we boil it down, this is a simple episode, and this yeah. is probably for kids; they'll love it because you don't have to think about these deeper things yeah. that I'm thinking about. But I'm just, <laughs> you know, yeah, thinking of what yeah, I would want.
4: You got to think too. But you don't know if they tried. You don't know if, like, well, if we made this bit shorter, then it doesn't make sense. Or like does it feel right? The explosion doesn't work. Like, there's there's so many pieces of a puzzle of making a show. Um, I don't necessarily think what you're saying was an oversight that happened because of it, but y- you know
3: Josh not... always defending the show creator. And and uh, like well, and
0: I have and I have to admit that I am armchair warrior warrior. Yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> I don't have a plan. I'm just sitting here thinking <laughs> what I would do.
4: And I'm sure you know they're like because I I have I, 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 I find a lot of fault with this. I don't find a fault with this script. I just find this script lacking. Um, that being said, the writer of the script or the writers would say, yeah, so do we. If we had another month,
0: we would have done all that stuff that you said. But it had to be in on Monday. Like, but it's it's Mark Gaddis. So what we've liked about him is that he takes sort of mundane things and in, injects darkness into them. I just yeah. felt like that was missing from what I kind of like about him in this episode. It's Mark Gaddis on in credits. You, you you don't know if he did the final pass. Sure, oh. yeah. There's so many. There's so many
4: elements.
1: Shade, the show. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, in, in the behind the scenes, he went on set, so that makes me think he had a bigger hand than just the no. credit.
3: <laughs> I think it would be really cool if this were a two part episode, and they put in Prince John, and they made um the sheriff of nottingham a robot and like they really sort of dug more into the sci-fi to make it make sense but also kept in plenty of fun robin hood sherwood forest mischief maybe even we got to see the merry men more because they looked like a bunch of fun i don't know
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah i will say on on that side of things they really blew their chance on using robin hood on this episode it was it was fun, like we were saying, but there was so. You know, I mean, there was so much more they could have gotten out of Robin Hood, the story. I, I agree. That uh, this is what you chose to to do with it, but.
3: And later, there is a two part episode where I'm like, I really could have handled this in one. Like, mm-hmm. so I think maybe they should have reevaluated that.
4: <laughs> I, I also think that we hold the nowadays we hold. These historical figure episodes up to the Van Gogh standard. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: that's their own fault for making such uh-huh. a dang yeah. good episode.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's funny, Josh. I was just about to say that. I was like, I think when I first watched this, and it was we are teased with Robin Hood. I was, I was expecting a Van Gogh
3: ending. There's so much potential here, right? Yeah, there is.
0: There is. You can't love
4: something for its potential. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also feel like we're spoiled with our two-parters and the historical stuff we got with the Russell era, that anything afterwards feels like they can't live up to that. Hmm. Oh, and then going back to the, like the doctor being captured twice, we never really see how he gets out of those situations. And for me, that's always the fun of the doctor. Like, how does the doctor become resourceful to get himself out of a predicament?
1: Well, in in this one, uh, Robin Hood saved him.
0: Uh, The first time, right?
1: Well, the second time. What here, was the second time? When he was like talking to the sheriff and said he's a legend. He when he he's telling the sheriff Robin Hood's one of yours, right? And oh, sorry, sheriff- I'm
0: I'm thinking of when he's in the the uh, peasant like quarry uh, labor, mm-hmm. because he just like slips out of the, uh, the shackles. We don't really see how he does that.
4: Oh, hmm. oh. yeah, unless I no, missed he, it. He,
0: he... But again that's the fun of it for me is to see how the doctor gets out of this where well with the day of the doctor it's him overthinking it where Clara just opens the door it's like that's funny where with this it's just for convenience sake he doesn't
4: full on escape though he just he just gets out of his shackles
0: yes but again that's the fun of why I like the doctor i want to see how he does that yeah
5: hmm.
0: And anyway. i do i did think that using the um using the gold
4: the very thing that they're there to to toil over as you know laser reflectors was a good idea it came across quite cartoonish to a certain degree
0: it also came across very quickly
4: yeah and all i could think is how are they avoiding hitting each other yeah uh and then uh, like just examining it too close with too much of a critical eye i don't think the actress playing the girl fully understood what was happening because she was holding it like this and shaking it like it was like a constant beam or something like that (laughs) Um, but I actually found it kind of charming I mean
3: that whole part was really corny but
0: yeah she might have been quivering yeah yeah maybe all right all
2: right
3: (laughs) (laughs) she she was committing that was
2: for sure she was fully committing to that scene much more so than Peter Capaldi, but you could tell that they both had something different in their mind. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I wonder if they got bad direction then. Yeah, I mean, it was basically, you
2: know.
3: yeah. <laughs> so like, let's do one of each, so at least one of them is right. Well,
4: it, it, it's, <laughs> it's also too, like, a laser's gonna be hitting the shield and reflecting back. Why would you think that would have to be explained any differently, y- you know? Uh, so who knows?
0: Yeah, who knows?
4: This is a bit of a cartoonish episode, and on yes. that level, it works.
0: Yeah. again for kids
1: well the the scene previously with the laser where the unnamed peasant dies it was a continuous beam right, That's right. like he it That's was a right. long beam and all the smoke and she was sitting there watching mm. it so see she knew what was up it was everybody yeah, yeah. else that they had to <laughs> change it around for
0: then they they should have uh fired the continuity person <laughs>
1: <laughs> the script super <laughs> yeah
3: well then you have this really cute teamwork moment in this section of the episode where Robin's injured and the doctor admitted that he can't shoot arrows and
4: Yes, right. And then,
3: a really funny line where um, Clara wants to do it, and the doctor's like, "It's Taekwondo. It's not the same." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's really funny how she just thought because she took Taekwondo in when she was a kid that she would know how to do all these things. Like those Uh, skills
0: transfer over one (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent.
3: But it was really funny. Uh, I laughed.
4: Fast line that was one of my favorites in the show.
3: And then, yeah, and then they did it together as a team, because they've been so dysfunctional the whole episode, and they came together, Eugene!
0: (laughs) But... (laughs) How does the physics of an arrow striking the outside of an engine then power... The other engines in the ship. I can hear
1: you. Uh, Something's happening. There's static or something. Are you breaking up? Sorry. Well, I like that the engines have the bullseye target on them. That's okay. Just to tell you, this is what's happening.
0: Yeah. I didn't even notice that. It's it's to say, if you miss this one, there'll be another one coming along. This
1: one will get you 20%. The outer ring will get you 10.
0: (laughs) yeah
3: i mean yes. the first time i watched this episode i think that's when i officially was like oh okay i, <laughs> I am so far out right now but I, nothing bothered me nearly as much as it did i don't know why
0: the other things i'm able to like take a phrase from all alburn pre-forgive but that <laughs> one still struck me in the same bad way that it did when I first watched it. I was just like it still doesn't work. I'm sorry. It just doesn't hit the mark. The,
4: the arrow hitting the shot. Okay. <laughs> please
0: stop. Oh, I, yes. I, I think I'm yes. am I missing your
4: puns? Is that what's happening? Yes,
0: that's okay. That's the that's the part of the comedy. You missing them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I've had like three in a row. <laughs> I it
4: was, just was a good run. It was a good run. <laughs> well, now we know if we see a car running out of gas down the road, if we
0: just throw gasoline at <laughs> Somewhere, it hits the top exterior. It's like a sponge.
3: And then it launches the car out of orbit.
0: We hit
4: it with an arrow of solidified gasoline. Oof. Yeah. I know when I'm hungry, if I just throw a sandwich at me, if I dip my hands in Jello like Palmolive.
3: These are all things that are real.
0: That's true. Based on the logic of this episode, yes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Robin Hood shares meaningful words with the Doctor, saying that they're not heroes, but if they continue pretending to be, others may be heroes in their name. With all his theories disproven, the Doctor has no choice but to admit Robin and the Merry Men are, in fact, real. The TARDIS takes off, revealing the peasant girl who helped the Doctor incite a riot in the labor camp. The peasant turns out to be the lady marion and she and robin hood are reunited at last
0: so at the end we get a uh, heartfelt kind of making friendship with uh, robin and the doctor and i wish the store the the episode had been about that like that had been the through line yes it's good it's written well but it comes out of a silly episode for me that doesn't quite land when but i do like it on its own Hmm. I just wish it wasn't attached to this other stuff. I
3: think tonally it matched, though, like it, sort of a Van Gogh moment, but it wasn't as deep or heavy as, a, as the Van Gogh moment, which made sense because the episode was not as deep or heavy. So I thought relatively it fit well.
0: As a as a writer, you, you start off with having the Doctor and Robin in the beginning of the episode be antagonistic, and then so by the end of the episode, their arc is that they become friends. I get that, but it just felt like there was so much rich richness in what they were what robin was saying to the doctor and the doctor was saying back that i wish that had been throughout the episode
1: what's a really think- good thesis statement that needed that like at the beginning instead of robin hood's not real yeah it should have been like oh you never want to meet your legends or you don't want to meet your heroes or something more like that
4: if it was if the doctor then used Rob, like Robin Hood's going to come save us. And that's what gets all of the, the, the workers yeah, yeah. rallied. Like he's trying to rally them and like, who are you? Who We don't know who you are. Like, and then he begrudgingly says, well, Robin Hood sent me. Robin Hood sent you, you know, and yeah. that would kind of like form what, what Heather was saying when they worked together and or that would
3: have been really good. Or,
0: <laughs> now go bouncing off of what you said, Josh. We now know that that uh, Peasant woman, or whatever, right? Captured woman is made Marian. So she knows who Robin is. So, in the conversation that the doctor is having with this lady, he could have mentioned Robin and then she's the one to spread to the others that Robin is going to come help us because this guy knows him. Like that would have satisfied that. that. that
4: tie To tie in again, I think these these shows are written and made running downhill at top speed with people's shoes untied. Like that's how a television show gets made, because mm-hmm. you know that not only do we have expectations of, of, of the doctor and stuff, but we have expectations of Robin Hood, of, of what that means to us. Is you know whether which incarnation of Robin Hood hit us, you know, as a kid or an adult. Like I, my mm-hmm. first Robin Hood, I don't know if my first Robin Hood was the Disney Robin Hood or Errol Flynn. They're kind of an intertwined in my mind, but that's Robin Hood to me. So mm-hmm. I I'm looking for that. So mm-hmm. it's a bit of a loaded gun for different for different people so
2: i think something that i didn't like the first time i watched this i didn't like that the doctor up until the very end was still like robin Hood's not real robin Hood's not real robin Hood's not real um but like i didn't mind it so much this time i guess i wasn't like thinking that hard about it but i do remember that wasn't that was something i didn't like
4: yeah and if you saw him rob from the rich and give to the poor right in front of his face he couldn't really deny it yeah
0: i see. that's why i want that in there
4: <laughs> uh anyway knowing what it was set out to do it's more successful than i thought anyway
3: and i agree with you eugene that i think the writers are leaning very heavily on the fact that you already believe that you already have a knowledge of who robin hood is what he stands <laughs> for that he's known for they're really counting on you bringing that with you which is why you know they don't really show you which is unfortunate yes. and that's why i should have been a two-part episode but anyway <laughs>
0: Yeah cuz okay. I felt like the guy playing Robin did a good job. He he, yeah. he he did great against Peter Capaldi and Jenna.
2: Robin Hood is easy on the eyes. <laughs> As Clara can attest to. But Clara was just...
0: slouching in that dress either.
3: No, she looked great.
0: <laughs> and I I don't know how I feel about this. Sometimes I I like it and sometimes I don't like it, but when at the end it's revealed that made Marion uh, the doctor like help reunite Maid marion with uh robin hood it just felt very convenient and easy sometimes and then sometimes it's like of course that's what he would do now that he believes that that's robin of course he's going to continue to help propel that legend that myth so
4: and i
3: uh, I forgot that was marion so that was a surprise yeah. for me again this yeah
4: time. and then it was a surprise to me at the end i didn't even really think about it
0: uh it was nice it wasn't ni- it was nice and yes it depends. It depends on my mood if it's nice or if it's annoying.
2: <laughs> Every time I see it, I'm like, so was she standing behind the TARDIS the whole time?
3: I know. Yeah. Or like, I love that too. did
2: they yeah. time her entrance? Like, she 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 started walking from
0: where Yeah, I got that. The Doctor put her in a pocket universe <laughs> that it was only expiring for a couple seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Don't listen to all of us talking. Don't listen to, just pretend you know nothing. Stand back there. If you're good, you'll get a gift.
0: Uh, but i just like to read the, the, the thing that uh, Robin is saying, or what they're saying back and forth. They're talking about being not being heroes or being heroes. But if we, if we both keep pretending to be, perhaps others will be heroes in our name. Perhaps we will both be stories, and may those stories never end. I just thought that was, again, great. Doctor Who has been going on for 50 plus years since its inception in 1963 and Robin Hood has been going on since the 15th century. So it's just like, it's cool that both of those stories kind of tie in, not only because of the the longevity, but because of the similarities between who the the doctor started off as a kind of a, a criminal, a thief, stealing a TARDIS and uh, going against the establishment, which was the same thing that Robin Hood is doing. So again, that's stuff I like.
1: Has it before been um, in the doctor's history that he was stealing it to do good? I thought he was stealing it to run away. Probably okay, he stole it who knows, and then did, yeah. Good. And then so... did good,
0: yeah. Uh, some little tidbits is that uh, Peter Capaldi celebrated his 56th birthday while on set, and they brought him out a Dalek-themed birthday cake.
3: God, he was only fifty-six.
0: Yeah, I think it was a um, a cupcake birthday cake, but the um, the holder, the stacked holder, was in the shape of a Dalek, so it was tiered like the Dalek skirt going up.
1: Were the cupcakes the ball the balls?
0: The Dalcanium? Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to think they were. It was a very quick shot, so I don't really okay. know. So he, he was
4: only six years older than me when this was shot. When he shot this.
3: <laughs> well, you look great, Josh.
4: Thanks. Or he looks really bad he's
1: a he's a scottish 56 oh that's yeah. right that's right yeah
3: go yeah, that
0: it's funny one of the times that i rewatch it this week i felt very much uh in peter capaldi's things of where he's like don't laugh that's not how people laugh he's not real <laughs> like those angry looks i was like that's me watching this episode
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so we have tom riley playing robin hood he was recently augie bidlow in the nevers and he's married to lizzie Kaplan from mean girls in uh castle rock and masters of sex
4: oh okay hey, guys you ever see
0: party down
1: no is that the one about the uh, the caterers the Caterers, yeah
0: yeah so okay in mean girls she's the one with the very gothic uh emo like black long hair
3: okay i recognize her face. she's
1: in
0: a lot of stuff she's also in a yeah. marvel short one of the uh one yeah show. was
1: she in true, true blood, blood as well
0: Yes, think, the first yeah, season yeah. of True Blood she gets killed. Oh, uh, Rip. spoilers.
1: Spoilers. <laughs> that's, that's
3: been around forever.
0: That's been around forever. That's like a 10-year spoiler.
3: <laughs> no, that's right. I was uh, just side note. I was reading I'm reading Song of Achilles right now. Uh-huh. my friend Katie's like, "I'm not in a rush to get to the end cuz I know it's going to be sad." And I was like, "Spoiler." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Heather, never mind." <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's almost like a 2,000-year-old spoiler. <laughs> Roger Ashton Griffiths plays Quail. He's the, uh... Rib. I guess lord that gets killed in the beginning. That's a housing maid, Marion. He played Mace Tyrell in Game of Thrones. He was oh. a priest in Brazil, the Gilliam Brazil. And he played P.T. Barnum in Game of... Oh, uh, sorry. Gangs of New York.
1: Hmm. Huh.
0: Sabrina Bartlett plays Quayles Ward is what she is credited as, not to spoil her reveal of Maid Marian. She played uh, C- Sienna Rosso in Bridgerton and Abigail Turner in Victoria with, I think that's also with Jenna uh, Louise Coleman. Ben Miller plays the Sheriff of Nottingham. He was Colonel Lancaster in Paddington Two, Lord Archibald Featherington in Bridgerton, with, I think he was with uh, Sabrina. I'm not sure. I haven't watched the show. <laughs> Ian Hallard plays Alan Adele. He's done a lot of Doctor Who audio dramas with Big Finish. Trevor Cooper plays Friar Tuck. He was also in uh, Classic Who. Most recently, he was Takis in the 1985 Revelation of the Daleks with the Sixth Doctor that we did. Hmm. And he, he played Richard Martin in an adventure in space and time. Rusty Goff plays Little John. He's the small person. He would, he plays a lot of the Gringotts goblins in the Harry Potter films, and he was an Oompa Loompa in the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971. Oh wow! Yeah, Joseph Joseph Kennedy plays Will Scarlet. Adam Jones plays Walter. Uh, David Benson plays one of the heralds. David Langham plays one of the guards. Tim Bagley plays one of the knights. Richard Ethan plays the voice of the knight. And Philip John Bailey is the on-screen knight. Uh, Matthew Dale plays John Little. And then we mentioned Patrick Trouton appearing as uh, Robin Hood in that archival footage. All right. Robot of Sherwood. Who is this episode good for, or more specifically, this episode is good for who? A new viewer, a casual viewer, a fan of the show, or a diehard?
3: I, I mean, I'm just going to go with my gut because I don't want to overthink it. Go for it. Oh my god. I'm going to say new no for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say new because I think what really stands out in this episode is the funniness and the ba- the bickering and I think we've all sort of mentioned it at least once in this episode that one of the reasons most of us were able to enjoy it better this time is because we didn't have these vast expectations so I'm thinking if you go into this having zero expectations and you just see all this funny banter and you don't have anything to compare the parts that are suffering to that you might think oh this show is funny I'll I'd like to watch some more so I could be convinced otherwise, but that's what I'm saying. And um, I will stick with that for now.
2: My gut says new, fresh eyes need to, you need to watch this episode with fresh eyes. Do not go in with baggage about who the doctor is or who you think the doctor is or what you think a Doctor Who episode should be, what you think it should achieve. Um, It's not, cause it's not gonna do any of that stuff, but Mm -hmm. it is a good episode. Like just, and it's like, It's a siloed episode. And so I think like it's best for a new viewer who's just like, what's this Doctor Who all about? I'm gonna watch it and find out. And I think think they would enjoy it.
3: Then later they might come back to it and be like, oh, now I see what a steaming pile of trash this is. (laughs) But again, with nothing to compare it to, they might just have a jaunty time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I
2: agree with Heather.
1: Um, I am not gonna say new. I think this would be good for a fan. Uh, only because I I don't, uh, I don't think I would use this to introduce somebody to Doctor Who. Um, and for myself personally, I know I did have baggage going into it, but rewatching it a couple times, I like it more and more as I watch it. Um, so for those reasons, I'm gonna say fan.
4: I'm going to say new with a caveat that, it, it, it's, good that it's good for a new viewer who has, who has no idea what Doctor Who is. They may never watch another episode as a result. <laughs> 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 I, I, even if they enjoy it, like I don't think there's anything in it really that would be like, I want to watch more of this. I could see a new viewer being like, oh, that was kind of fun. And that was it. Whereas one of the most famous new viewer episodes would be Blink. Someone watches blink and you know, like, oh, what's this? I want to watch more of this. But that being said, a new viewer has no idea that it only gets better. Like it's only up uphill from, or it's only, you know, it only gets better from here. So
0: so you start the bar low to build it up.
4: I, I think that's it. I think what Heather and and Kelsey was saying is hit, hits it on the nose that like I don't know nothing about no who. <laughs> Uh what's this show? That was kind of fun. And then like, well, here's another one, you know, and then you could just watch more. Um, I think anything above a new fan on first viewing, they'd be we'd be disappointed, which we were. Mm-hmm.
3: Um Start at the bottom, now we're here, I, you know?
4: <laughs> I, I think if not a new a new it's only it's only good for a fan or above once you've seen it already. So if we're just judging it on first viewing,
0: a new who viewer. Uh, Brian and Frank texted me. Brian okay. would put it into a diehard, and Frank would put it into a fan.
5: Makes oh, sense. a fan. A fan. Hey, Eugene. I'm, I watched The Robots of Sherwood, and now I wish I was kind of on the uh, podcast <laughs> because I have thoughts, but um, I really enjoyed it this time more because I knew it was going to be silly. The first time I watched it, I got kind of lost as to what they were trying to do. Um, It was a lot of fun. I thought the archery section was a lot of fun and silly and enjoyed it. And Clara's enthusiasm for it was a lot of fun to watch. But I realized what I did not like about Capaldi's doctor is that he seems to be stupid. I mean, he was so prejudiced against this being real, knowing that it couldn't be real. That he didn't do the normal doctor thing of watching, observing, deducting what was going on. He said, it can't be real. There's got to be something else, which is great. But it was also not looking for that other thing. He was just trying to prove himself right that it was bad. So when he saw the spaceship, he was like, see, see, I told you. But he still thought that Robin and the sheriff were robots. And it just went over his head. And that's what bugged me going, I didn't see him doing that to uncover something else. He's played ignorant before, but this time it seems like he was just so caught up with his own ideas that he just let the truth pass him by. And that is something I didn't like.
3: So what about yours, Eugene?
0: Well, um, Clara is the main character in this episode, and I don't know if, the uh, again, the third episode of a new season justifies that for me. So that's problematic. But this episode does have good dialogue and it really highlights of how the doctor this new doctor can get at odds with somebody so i kind of like that but again should we have that in the third episode should we not spend the first couple episodes establishing who this doctor is in this new regeneration and i don't like that he's not the smartest man in the room Again, I, I feel I feel like this episode should have come later in the season. They kind of reverse the roles of the, the companion versus the doctor is usually reserved for something later in the season or their second season. And Am I a Good Man, it, in here it comes off, I don't know. I just wanted more of it, as I've mentioned. But the sets, the locations, the costumes, those are great. I love all of that stuff. I guess it depends on what mood I'm in of where I would... Classify or categorize this because sometimes I'm like, this is only for diehards, or I can totally see why this could be a new viewer. I mean, rewatching it this week, I did want to give it a shot, Uh, but also you don't know what you're missing, and sometimes it just doesn't hit the bullseye. So I'm going to have to put it into the fan category because as a fan, I'm going to have to revisit this episode. There's, I've only seen this once when it originally aired, but as a fan, I'm going to go back and rewatch it so that wraps up robot of sherwood thanks for listening stay safe and we'll see you next time when the future becomes the present
1: you just listened to an episode of who knew our wonderful theme music is by michael grady find him on facebook at the universe explodes
0: additional music is by damiel paggio all our episodes
5: are engineered by alburn and you can find him at alburnbinkley.com
1: you can also find this
3: show in several places follow us on twitter at who knew podcast
5: Subscribe, review, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Or on our YouTube
4: channel, youtube.com slash Podcast.
5: All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com.
1: Visit our Facebook
0: page.
2: Please leave comments, reviews, and click like to support
3: New Podcast.
0: To listen to our show on your Amazon Echo device, subscribe to us on Amazon Music.
3: And then ask your Amazon device to play your podcast subscriptions.
4: This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who, the longest-running sci-fi show in history,
1: and especially the revival spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman,
3: Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer,
0: and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord.
3: Your work continues to inspire and entertain. With Robin disguised as Tom the Tinker. Tony, right now!
0: (laughs) Anyway, okay, Heather?
3: Ugh. Forgot I have a job now.